got a big, big week ahead of us. We got a Maybe lot of, too big. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> one of the most overwhelming weeks for us internationally. With so many matchups, this is the final round of World Cup qualifying across yeah. the whole globe, yeah. dude. I'm going to have to quit my job just to catch legit, these games. Legit, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- I think there's a day where it's like from the, from the like 3 a.m. in the morning yeah. to, to yeah. 11 p.m. Uh, at night. night yeah. Games, games on games on games. Yeah, yeah. And big ones too, like with immense Dude, they're huge. Like, yeah, like the like World Cup, in a way, starts now. Like yeah, for a lot of these yeah, countries, yeah, like the World Cup is starting now. Yeah. And so, we're here to provide you with the greatest insight and foresight into the this upcoming World Cup cycle. We're gonna start off in the OFC area, yeah. where we have an interesting uh, tournament being played out. Who gets the intercontinental playoff? Spot. Playoff spot. They're actually not going to play there, though. They're going to play in Qatar. Qatar has been hosting so many tournaments yeah. for the last three or four years. They're <laughs> really using every single stadium in that country. And why not? going to be really interesting. Obviously, there's not going to be any fans. Mm. But, you know, for the viewers at home, let's break down this qualification yeah. for the OFC because yeah. they haven't played a single World Cup qualifying game yet. And now they finally will this coming Thursday. Yeah. So basically what it is, is it's the OFC Nations Cup, which is basically yeah. the Euros. Ofcon. It's the Copa America. Afca- <laughs> yeah, the Ofcon. Ofcon. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same format, two groups of four. The top two teams in each group go to the semis, and then the winner of that meets in the final. The winner of that gets one last chance as they'll play the yeah. CONCACAF fourth yeah. place team. Yeah, that, that's what I want to bring up for our, because we have a, a strong North American fan base. The winner of this conference is the one that we face off against. Exactly. We, potentially, Mexico could face off against if they land in the fourth spot. Yeah. So that this is important. This matters. This tournament is, is not as small as it looks. Mm-mm. Talking about the teams that are there, we got up top New Zealand, which is probably the favorite of the tournament absolutely uh, if always actually, are by far yeah. yeah solomon islands ranked at number two new caledonia yeah new caledonia tahiti fiji vanuatu vanuatu and then papua new guinea yeah and then yeah. the cook islands what was crazy about these eight teams three of them haven't played since 2019 three years ago was the last time that these three teams played tahiti papua new guinea and new caledonia have not played since the pacific games in 2019 Man. Fiji and Vanuatu just played each other a week ago. That was their first game since 2019. Wow. wow. Solomon Islands played three friendlies this last month, all against Australian second division teams. Like they played a <laughs> they played club teams. What? Yeah, bizarre. One of them actually was an A League team, so top division okay. Brisbane Roar. But that that that's what Solomon Islands have to prepare Did with. Did they win? That's, yeah. So that was crazy. Is that like imagine being in that camp? and losing those games, and that's your preparation for yeah. these qualifiers. Yeah. They won two out of three, okay. so that's not bad. Yeah. If you're Solomon Islands, you take that. New Zealand actually had a really good preparation because they got a couple of friendlies back in October and November against like Uzbekistan, Jordan, a bunch of Middle Eastern teams. Yeah. So, you know, they, they got that reputation as being mm-hmm. the biggest team in Oceania, so they got that hookup. Right. So good for them because, you know, any sort of competitive match is going to help out here. But, dude... This is one of the most bizarre things. I've never seen this before. The Cook Islands have not played since 2015. (laughs) Seven Seven years years. have passed since this team gathered together and played football. And played an official match. An official match. And it was a qualification game for 2018 World Cup. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And it, what's even more crazy about this is that they haven't played in so long that they're actually not even in the FIFA World Rankings. Oh, shit. Yeah. If you look for their rankings, it's they're unrated. Wow. Yeah. Which is 
insane. Didn't they, didn't they get into this tournament off of a yes. like an invite or something like that because the team couldn't make it? I think right. So there was a qualifi- there was a qualifier game to get in for one spot. It mm-hmm. was between the Cook Islands and Tonga. But there was a volcano eruption. I don't know if you heard about that, Shit. but yeah, the Tonga mm-hmm. volcano erupted, and the T- Tongans were like, "Yeah, we we can't play this yeah. game, obviously." So Cook Islands just get an automatic buy wow. into this round with everybody else. Yeah. Realistically, they're probably going to lose every game, ma- yeah. minimum seven nil. Yeah, they're probably the weakest team. Yeah, here. but by far. <laughs> um, but looking at the teams in general, obviously we highlighted New Zealand. New Zealand actually have a very large European contingent in their team. Yeah. Very. I was actually really impressed. Honestly, Mm -hmm. there are probably more New Zealanders in Europe than Mexicans. Yeah. Like by far. They have a number of players. They have Chris Wood in the Prem. Yeah. That's probably their their biggest, biggest player. But then they have a lot in the championship. They have some in like the MLS as well. Yeah, they have. There's just, a huge Danish contingent too. Yeah, they're playing in yeah. Denmark. It's pretty yeah. cool. No, the team is actually surprisingly stacked, top to bottom, in terms of where these guys are playing at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I saw, I did that research too because I was like, how big is the gap between, say, New Zealand and Solomon, Solomon Islands? Islands? Yeah, and it's pretty big in that sense. It's Solomon Islands big. only has two players that don't play domestically. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think this is shaping up to be a tournament for New Zealand where if they don't win, it'll be a monumental disappointment to yeah. not come out of here on top. Oh, no, absolutely. But when you look at the group that New Zealand's in, if you're a really big oceanic football fan, you'll notice that this is the group of death by far. It's New Zealand, New Caledonia, Fiji, and Papua New Guinea. These four teams were in the semifinal, or they were in the gold medal match and the bronze medal match in 2019. So these are by far the four best teams in the mm-hmm. region all in one group. So, you know, if you're Papua New Guinea, Fiji, uh, New Caledonia, you're like, shit. You know, we could have gotten in the other group and at least finished top two. Now you got to play New Zealand on top of that. So it's really tough if you're in that group. But maybe even maybe even tough for New Zealand. Maybe. Yeah. Just because, you know, in general, Oceania football hasn't really been going since COVID. It's one of the last regions to play soccer since the pandemic. So even these New Zealanders might not really know each no, other. Absolutely. Circumstances surrounding the tournament could actually impact them negatively. I think so. Yeah. I really do think so. Ultimately, I still have New Zealand topping the yeah, group. Um, but there's something to be said about the, the Fijian squad, I think specifically. Their coach famously took Papua New Guinea to the final in 2016 in the OFC Cup. Mm-hmm. And they lost on penalties to New Zealand. Wow. So the guy knows how to knows how to take oceanic teams to the top. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. if you're Fijian, you also have Roy Krishna, who has an insane goal scoring rate. He plays right now in India, which is kind of cool, but his goal scoring rate is like fifty percent. Every other game, Krishna's scoring a goal. So that's something that, you can rely on. It's a it's a really good sign. But so if you're Fijian, I think they have a decent chance. New Caledonia has been really good at club level, though. Hyangan Sport won the OFC Champions League two years ago. So maybe they have something to say. Um, and then obviously Papua New Guinea, who who last were in the final against New Zealand in 2016. Mm-hmm. Maybe they pull something up together here. So since it's just one game against each other, single round robin, I honestly, anything can happen. Right now, I probably have New Zealand going through. And either Fiji or New Caledonia. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. put that out there. I'm, just, I, I, I'm, just gonna I'm put trying that to put out you there. on a New Caledonia, man. I think they got <laughs> their third place going into this tournament. Yeah. And I, I like how they're positioned. I like what they got going on. 
maybe there's it, don't they have a Spaniard coach too? Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, you know, he, 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 well, I, I looked at situation. his resume. He's been there for years. Uh, tenure. Yeah, he's, he's tenured. <laughs> yeah. He, he's tenured. He, I guess he really likes the country too. Yeah. So hey, he's got that connection with the people, with the players. Yeah. He knows those players probably better than anybody else. So yeah, honestly, that that, that that's a good mm. point. No, I just think that every tournament that that's shaped up like this, there's always one team that can surprise. And maybe it's New Caledonia this time around. Who yeah. knows? Or maybe it's Fiji. We'll maybe, see. Yeah. You know, we'll I, see I, I, I think I, I just, all I'm asking for them is to compete against New Zealand. And then from there, let's see what happens. Right. We go to the other group, though. Easily the weakest group. I mean, they have the Cook Islands in there. It's, it's an automatic <laughs> win if you play that team. No yeah. disrespect. It'll yeah. be a spectacle to even see them play, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanuatu don't have a lot to show for. But in 2016, looking at their stats, they actually weren't half bad. But the top two teams are clear, Solomon Islands and yeah. Tahiti. Um, with me, I, I think the Solomon Islands will easily go through as top team in this group. When Solely just because a lot of their players have had experience, like in New Zealand, for example. Uh, Mika Lealafa, Auckland City, ex-player. He's actually pretty good. He's not bad. So having a player like that, I think, is going to go a long way. Especially when even the biggest gap in skill can be can be the decision for you whether you win or lose a game. Yeah. So I think Solomon Islands are going to be top this group. Joining them, it's got to be Tahiti. I just don't see Vanuatu or Cook Islands going through even remotely. So then from there, if we go based off that, yeah. we got New Zealand against Tahiti, yeah. and then uh, Solomon, Solomon Islands, Islands against New Caledonia, New Caledonia. Let's say if that's the case, I got New Caledonia, I got New going, Caledonia to the final. going through, man. Yeah. I got them going through. I think the final will be a rematch of a Group B game. I really okay. do. Yeah. And then from there, it's got it has to be New Zealand. Yeah. No, it, it has, has to. It has to. to. It has to. It has like, to. Like for them to not make it out would be probably on the same level as Mexico not qualifying for the tournament. Yeah. You know, yeah, like honestly, this is huge. The, the, like this the, is, the gap, uh the level in the gap that, yeah, that's it's there. Not, it's, it's not even it's so big. remotely close. Yeah. My question is though, let's say what's most likely to happen, New Zealand does qualify. Do you think New Zealand this time around has the chops to challenge the fourth place CONCACAF team who is basically going to be either USA, Mexico, Panama, or Costa Rica? Right. Here's what I have to say. If somehow, first off, let's just start with probably the least likely. Let's say New Zealand don't win it, right? Okay. So let's just say New Caledonia go through historic chance to be in the biggest tournament in the world. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately, no matter who they play, whether it's Panama, Costa Rica, U.S., I think New Caledonia lose that game. Mm-hmm. They'll lose that game. If New Zealand win the OFC qualification and play either the U.S., Costa Rica, Panama, or Mexico, no matter who it is, New Zealand's winning. Whoa, Epa! And I'm, and, and, Epa! Look, and I, I, I'm not saying I can look into the future, <laughs> but what I am saying is that it's time for New Zealand to go back to a World Cup. I think the fourth place CONCACAF team will be a little bit too volatile. Whoever it ends up being, there'll be a reason why they're in fourth place. And I think New Zealand will take opportunity of that. And let's not forget what this playoff round is for the Intercontinentals because it's different this yep. time around. It's in Qatar. It's neutral ground. They both have to travel the same distance it's so much different. Four years ago, when Peru hosted New Zealand, yeah. and then Peru had to go to New Zealand. Like, they had literally had to go on the other side of the globe and play against Peru. 
that's almost impossible for if you're New Zealand. But now you get to go to a, a neutral ground where there's not going to be a lot of fans. Obviously, there'll still be some traveling. You get to prep the same way. Yeah. And it's one, one game. game. That's the biggest factor. That's the me, biggest that factor. It's one single game. It's one game. I think New Zealand will take their chances if they get there, no matter who they play. No matter yeah, who they well, play. Yeah, well, when you think about the scope of CONCACAF and you think about how in years past CONCACAF hasn't been this questionable when it comes to the depth of the teams outside of the yep. the top team Canada. If you're New Zealand, you're 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 fucking you're like salivating at the lips. You're 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 yeah. you're seeing this as a as a golden opportunity to to strike on a weak or shaky CONCACAF team. I yes. mean, we look at each one. USA, if we get a bad USA the rest of the match weeks in CONCACAF, exactly. This could be a really shaky squad to, oh, to yeah. rely on a good result for. Over Mexico, one game. Over one game. Yeah. Mexico, same thing. Pretty yes. much the same thing. And then Panama and Costa Rica just on on in terms of quality and level. On pure consistency. New Zealand merit. could probably match. Exactly. So I, I truly do have New Zealand going through if they win their qualification, which is highly likely. So yeah, if you're New Zealand, hey, welcome to the World Cup. Uh, just for yeah, for good measure, I'm saying Concacaf wins out no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm no get, get my take in for okay, sure. Okay, so one of us has to be right, but I think Concacaf still at the end of the day will manage to to give New Zealand heartbreak. The World Cup starts now for all these teams in the OFC. It's gonna be a fun tournament, just the way it's, it's fun because it's, 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 it's over two quick. weeks. Yeah, two yeah. weeks in Qatar, so I'm yeah. sure the fields are gonna be really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and in we'll HD. get a preview to all these like little little stadiums and stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. So let's That'd see what fun. happens. So when you look at AFC, the AFC conference, it's clear that two teams have already qualified: Iran and South Korea. Oh, they yeah. are good to go. Mathematically. They are in. Yeah. They are already celebrating. These next few games are just going to be a victory <laughs> lapse for them. Victory lap, man. But then you look at Group B, and that's where we have an interesting mix of possibilities. It's down to three teams, basically. All three teams trying to avoid that third playoff intercontinental spot. playoff spot. Yeah. Australia are in an interesting situation where their future, their World Cup future, is in their hands 100%. They face off against Saudi Arabia and Japan, right? the top two teams in the group, back-to-back. If they win out, they're in clear. It can get interesting, and I, I, I thought about this looking at Australia's fixtures. Thing is, yes, it is in their hands in the sense that they literally face the teams ahead of them yeah. in the table. The problem is, is that these are teams that are better than them. So to get two straight wins against the two best teams in the group... Yeah. No. I just don't think it's going to be feasibly possible. Mm-hmm. And then count on Saudi Arabia and Japan playing against already eliminated teams in the second game or in the, you know yeah. in the off game that they don't play Australia. Yeah. You can basically consider them having an extra three points on top mm-hmm. of Australia. So not only would Australia need to beat both Saudi Arabia and Japan, they would probably need to bank on Japan dropping points in their second game, which most likely will not happen. Yeah. So it's tough if you're Australia because if they were just a little closer, it's a three point gap right now between them and second place. Yeah. If they were just a little closer, I think it, they actually could do something. At the end of the day, I, I, no matter what happens, I think Australia is going to remain in that third position. Okay. Talking about those two teams ahead of them, Saudi Arabia. I was big on them four years ago when they qualified for 2018. I mean, when you saw those games in Riyadh. Some of the best atmospheres, man. Incredible atmospheres, man. And accompanied by good football. I mean, Mm -hmm. they uh, just like they dominated this year, they dominated last cycle too. So they've been playing really good football in the region for the past, we could say, safely seven years now. I think the difference now is 
they've been able to build on it year after year after year. Obviously, they had that calamitous uh, opener against yeah. Russia in 2018, yeah. which just sucked. Hopefully, they can almost amend that. I think this is going to be redemption for Saudi Arabia in 2022. It's right next door in Qatar. I think this is going to be a really special tournament for them. I'm not saying they go far or they do anything crazy, but I think they'll do so much better than yeah, their appearance in 2018. That would already be a big, a big win for them. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just even fight for second place in that, whatever group they yeah. end up. Yeah. I think they can do it. They have the quality, and it, a, a large portion of these players remain the same. Mohamed Kano, center back, Buhayla, I think is his name, something like that. Aldo Sadi. A lot of Al-Hilal players, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's a good club, and they have some good players still with Saudi Arabia. So, And coached by Irv Renard, who mm, coached Morocco yeah, four years yeah. ago. That Fabio-looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's made his way. He always, always brings success to whatever teams he goes to and coaches, at least on the international mm -hmm. stage. So if you're Saudi, man... You're liking you're liking what you're seeing. Yeah, no, this is round two. Basically, they get it. This they get is a round shot two. At amending what what was yeah. a, a distraughtful and just a blowout in Russia. But it is what it is. The team no. is much better this time around. They've only lost one game in this round. Yeah, and they've dominated the group. They're set to 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 qualify if they just take care of business these next two match days. Yeah, Japan on the other hand is also very close to qualifying. Them coming off a interesting. 2018 World Cup. Obviously, yeah. the game against Belgium was a was a historic one Heartbreak. in terms of entertainment, man. Oh, so entertaining. What, what, uh, incredible. One of the funnest back and forth match. But also a little underwhelming what they achieved compared to, to other tournaments before. So Absolutely. Japan is also motivated. They got plenty of reason here to want a, another try, especially down there in, in Qatar. Yeah, and I think what's different about this Japanese team is finally they're not really relying on one or two stars kazuki yeah. honda for yeah. as example there's always been that one guy that they're really going for uh, kagawa ex Dortmund mm -hmm. player um but now it really is a unified team there's not one guy that stands out now obviously they're all play at a very high level whether yeah. they play in the bundesliga playing the j league Brand. itself yeah mm -hmm. exactly um or just honestly a couple players just around europe and portugal too mm -hmm. so it's just a well-rounded squad where they, again, are not relying on one guy to just lead them to victory. So that's why I'm actually more impressed about this cycle's Japan than in years past. But it also kind of leads to their detriment, though, as you said, that accolade-wise, this Japan team isn't as dominant as they used to be. But I think it's also testament to just how better the region has gotten. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. you, when you look at the group themselves, yeah, Oman, Vietnam ended up crashing out, but... They gave Japan mm -hmm. hell. Mm -hmm. Japan had to really work for these wins. Whereas in the past, you know, Japan were up 2-0 by halftime. Yeah. So it was this was different. But this is a team. They have a Japanese head coach, the same guy who in 2018. So they've just been able to build that camaraderie. I'm not, I don't think Japan's going to do anything crazy. But, I mean, hey, kudos to them. What's shaping up to be interesting, too, for this is that the winner of the Intercontinental Playoff of AFC faces off against Comebol's fifth-place team. Right. And so right now we got United Arab Emirates yeah. set to face off against Australia. Australia. Australia is pretty much secured in that spot if they, yeah. if they end up landing there. Whereas United Arab Emirates could be potentially pounced on by Lebanon or Iraq. Here's what's crazy about Group A is that the biggest game over and all of the qualifiers in Asia is on the first match day. In Baghdad, Iraq hosts the United Arab Emirates. They're only four points behind them. 
Iraq are going to have to do something that they have not done all qualifiers. Win a fucking game. <laughs> They've tied yeah. five and lost yeah. three. So they need to win a game. But what better way to do it when they know what they have to, what has to be done? Like yeah. you said, yeah, the no. World Cup starts now mm -hmm. for every single team still vying for a spot. Something special could happen in Iraq uh, this coming next week. Something crazy could happen. They win that game. They're only a point yep. behind the UAE. The UAE then have to face, I, th it's, I think they play Korea next. That's how the UAE finishes. The whole qualification is against a team that's already through. Iraq played the worst team in the group last. They play Syria. Wow. Yep. Wow, yeah. If Iraq beat the UAE in Baghdad, then it's game on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The UAE is nervous after that. They're, they're nervous. Sure. And they, sure. they play the best team or the second best team, I forget which ones they play, but they play yeah. one of them. The Lebanon, it's the same thing. Lebanon plays Syria first, but then after that, they play the top two teams. Damn. Iraq have the most favorable schedule. All they have to do, though, is beat the UAE first. Damn, and it's not going to be know, easy. Man. I don't know. That's like the Colombia of Asia, man. Like where Colombia can't get a goal. <laughs> they can't get a goal, These man. just can't get a victory, they can't man. Get a victory. What's even more distressing, if you're Emirati, is the UAE just fired their coach a month ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah, chaos. It's <laughs> chaos in that country right now. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Anything about the UAE, they have a chance to be in a World Cup. I haven't seen UAE in the World Cup in my life. That's the thing. Yeah. And they're close. They're, they're, they're close. They're actually Get close. Get to the Intercontinental Playoff, and who knows yeah. what could happen there. And that's what you're doing a month before, bro? <laughs> you're Just stirring up the locker stirring room? Stirring up the <laughs> Exactly, man. Jesus Christ, Their man. coach was uh, Bert Van Marwick, the ex-Netherlands coach. Oh, wow. 2010, yeah. Wow. They had fired him previously, looked for another coach, couldn't find one, so rehired him. back to their ex. They went back to their ex Jesus like that, Christ. gave wow. him another chance. Yeah. It never works out. Yeah, no, it, it never, never works, works out. out. No. And so they're just like, yeah, we got to fire you. They hired this Argentine guy, Arwa Buena. He's been coaching in the Middle East for the last like five, six years at club level. Mm -hmm. Knows the region, I guess. I don't like it either way. <laughs> I don't like it. So if you're Iraq, that's just even more juice to, to fuel you yeah. to, to beat him. Yeah. That atmosphere in Iraq is going to be fucking rocking, man. Yeah, I, I wish I was there. It's going to yeah, be insane. And it, and it just... And I love to romanticize, but imagine if they win that game. Imagine. You just start dreaming at that point. Yeah. You just start dreaming. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're still in it. That's crazy, man. The UAE are completely on their own destiny, even if they lose against Iraq. Even if they lose, they can still go through as that third place team. Yeah. Ultimately, let's say they do, they play Australia. <sighs> I, I, I think Australia is just better. Yeah. They just have the better players. They obviously have the history of just winning. Yeah, they got a little bit more uh, of that World Cup uh, yes. blood ingrained in That's them. That's what for it is. Sure. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They've been there. They've been there. They've done it before. Australia's been to the last, like, four World Cups, I think. I think, so. I think, I think they've actually been weirdly consistent Yeah, they've been crazy yeah. consistent. I, I'm not going to count them out if they play whoever they play. Yeah. Honestly, they're probably the favorites no matter who they end up playing. So, ultimately, I got Australia. Sure. Sure. Going to play a South American fifth right. place team. Which right now could be either Uruguay, Peru, Colombia, or Chile, basically. So I got the South American team winning. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I think so no many. matter who it is, no matter who it is, I got the South American team going through. Although Australia, 
I mean, they're never slouches. You know, they're never gonna get they're never gonna get outrun three four nil. Yeah. So it'll be close. And honestly, if you're South American, you're kind of pissed you have to play an Asian. That's team. what I was thinking yeah. too. I'm glad Concacaf gets the OFC matchup, man. Yeah, yeah, and I am because because <laughs> this team these teams are a little I I think could could scare you too. Concacaf is down to its final three rounds. We got the jerseys on, representing our squads, and it's down essentially to five teams: Canada, USA. Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica. That's it. Canada up top, clear from the other teams in quality clear. and in the point. USA, Mexico tied at 21 points. Yeah. Panama right there underneath them. At and then 19. Costa Rica right there just waiting for someone to mess up. The, obviously, the headliner of this, of this <laughs> next cycle yeah. is the match that is going to be played at the Azteca yep. between Mexico and the USA. Round two of this matchup coming off of USA's classic dos acero defeat of Mexico. Both teams find themselves at the same point tally, but also just not fully convinced of what we've seen on the field. Mexico, as I've stated before, I think could just be playing better. I, not, not even that. I think they could field a better team. I think they could be better managed. I think they could be an overall much more motivated squad. Right. Instead, we have a team that's lackluster, that's been able to grind out res results, but... Yeah. Usually comes down to pure individual talent. Yeah, low-key boring. And low-key boring football. Yeah. Stagnant football. Stagnant. USA, on the other hand, has some really good peaks, has some really good highs. Yes. But then we'll show moments of lapses and concerns and yeah. things that worry you going into this major tournament. Yeah, bad game management. Mm -hmm. They've lost way too many points where, where they should not have. I think an overall sign of just uh, inexperience because with how, yes. how young the team is, is it just the classic flaws that are shown in a team like that. Exactly. Regardless, though, these, team, these games are always heated. These games are always uh, back and forth. Both teams tend to show up for these matches. And so I'm really excited. I'm really excited because despite what I've said about the Mexican team, there's always that element. Maybe it's just associated with Mexico, or maybe this is just a, an element as a fan. They could just turn it around all of a sudden. Yeah. They could just figure it out. Yeah. They could just make one or two tinkerings to the lineup, and suddenly we look like a World Cup squad. Yeah. There's always that chance. You just hope, especially as a fan, that that'll happen. That'll come to fruition this match. Yeah, that the switch flips. Yes. And with the World Cup nearing, mm -hmm. knowing that they have to play better, yep. Mexico can reach such great heights. Maybe, maybe like you're saying, maybe they do... Right here, yep. right now. Mexico's upcoming three matches, their last three matches are are pretty light in this sense. This will be their toughest match. Yep. But they get to be at home hosting USA. They then go away and face El Salvador, I believe. Yeah. And then they come back home and face Honduras. Honduras. If they can get off on a win against USA, I think they're good to go for the rest of their tournament. Oh, yeah. And they're set. Oh, yeah. USA, on the other hand, I believe has the hardest schedule remaining in Concacaf. Oh, oh, they're screwed. Like schedule-wise, yeah. they they have it really tough. Which is why I'm saying, you know, that tie against El Salvador, that loss against Panama, those are really coming back to bite them. Because mm -hmm. whereas they the, where they dropped those crucial points, Mexico was at least able to grind yeah. some sort of better result. That's why Mexico is in this position with a lighter schedule. They have the same points, but U.S. have to play harder teams. Yeah. So th this is where it's going to get really crazy. And I was looking at this from a holistic point of view, literally calculating everything out. I think even if Mexico do lose that game at the Azteca, I still think yeah. they go through. Yeah. No matter what. So I view this Clásico game against the U.S. more as purely a pivotal moment for Mexico. Purely a game okay. of pride. Yeah. Personal pride. We cannot let 
the U.S. beat us a fourth time in a row. It, we, as a Mexican, this cannot happen, especially in Mexico City at the Azteca. Now, this is why this game is going to be so crazy and just there's going to be so much pass and so much heat. It's going to be so entertaining because the U.S. know this. The U.S. have an incredible opportunity to assert crazy dominance. Imagine if you're that if you're an American, American fan, an American player, you've beaten Mexico three times in a row, all in competitive matches. Right. You come to the Azteca and you do it one more time. Mm-hmm. Four games in a row. If this does happen, which honestly there's a good chance, they're both level on points. Mm-hmm. Caliber wise, they're very level. Yeah. If the US actually pulls off a win in Mexico, for me that will officially Pass over the torch yeah. to the U.S. between yeah. that U.S. and Mexico rivalry. That's the final Mexico will, stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. They, it, it, it's a nail in the coffin. Mexico will no longer be the best out of the two. No longer. Right now, I can still kind of entertain it, but if the U.S. come to Mexico and win, I'm not a tie. I'm not going to count. If they win, yeah. then yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much done with Mexico at that point. Yeah, yeah. Four straight wins. Two of them being in finals, and then another one being. Uh, World Cup qualifier in the U.S. The missing piece is winning at the Azteca, which is that's, that's the still piece. that's still the that's been the missing piece for U.S. True. for the past decade now. So if they can do that, then I think even every Mexico fan will be able to at I, least concede. I hope they could concede or be able it, to, to find. It'll, it'll be a moment of realization for a lot of fans if that were to happen. I, I know it's a possibility. I'm not that sure of it. I'm not that sure because even in that USA game. That first half, Mexico outplayed USA. That's true. It wasn't until the second half that, that USA second half was so, woke up and yeah. fucking took over, and Mexico didn't capitalize on their chances in that first half, and they found themselves down 2-0 by the end of the game, exactly. potentially even 3-0. Regardless, I agree. It's going to be an incredible matchup, it's be and so the stakes fun. are going to be the it's gonna, it's gonna insane, make it so man. fucking heated. The stakes and, are insane, dude. And, and just so, uh, yeah. so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, at, I'm actually going to say that Mexico win this game. From a pride perspective, man, Mexico can't lose this game. Yeah. At the very least, I think they'll tie it. I think a tie. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think at the very least, it's the, a tie. At the very least, I think they'll tie it. So that puts the U.S. in a very interesting situation because then they have to go to Orlando and host a team that will be right behind them, Panama. This game will only matter if Panama get the job done in their first game against Honduras. Honduras. Must-win game in the Romel Fernandez for Panama. You're, you're at home against the worst team in the group. Get the win. Get the win. I don't care how you do it. I know Panama's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They had a really bad international break last time mm-hmm. around, only getting, like, what, three out of nine points? Not good. We highlighted that inconsistency before where we knew they, they leak goals yeah. and it really showed in this yeah. last international break. The last time Panama had to come to the U.S. and get a result, they lost 4-0 or 4-1. So track record-wise, not looking good. They need to they get need, a win no, against Honduras. It. it cannot be a tie. Because not only will they get closer, I think it actually puts legitimate pressure on a young, inexperienced U.S. squad. Exactly. So Panama facing against USA, who, by the way, doesn't have Weston McKinney. Who was yes. their best player this Dude, past international break? He popped break. off in the last break. Yeah, no, he, he like, it was the best I've ever seen McKinney mm-hmm. in a U.S. jersey. Mm-hmm. Dude, he was he was so impressive. He never lost the ball. He was always just found in space in tight pockets in the middle of the pitch, and he was just distributing like crazy. And not only that, he's a, he was actually an offensive threat. Yeah. Just set pieces, just set pieces yeah. coming in from behind, bombing into the box when they had uh, maintained offensive possession. I was like, damn. 
if McKinney plays like this, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. the U.S. might have like one of the best midfields in the region. Like just like just because McKinney's on the field, mm-hmm. but he's got a broken like ankle or some yeah. shit. Yeah, he's out for so a he's while. out for a while, man. So let's let's just play a little game here. Let's say the U.S. do lose against Mexico, which is very likely considering it's the Azteca. They'll have 21 points. Let's pray to God, you know, <laughs> that Panama yeah. actually win. Because if they don't, man, I'm done. I'm done with Panama. Yeah, that's done, it man. for me. That's it. That's it. I tried, bro. I tried. I, tried. I, I gave it all. I, I, I'm there every game cheering them on. They have to do this. There'll be a point behind them with the chance to leapfrog them personally yeah. in Orlando. They do that, then, you know, all hell's broken loose. But... Panama played Canada in the last game. That's that's tough. Cause no matter how no matter how qualified Canada already will be, Canada's always gonna compete. Mm-hmm. They could play a role where they just go in and spoil the party just like the US did to Panama and back in 2014. Yeah. The US, on the other hand, don't have a much easier last game either, though, as they have to go to San Jose and play Costa Rica. At this point, Costa Rica actually could be in this picture. They could, they could which be like a insane. little annoying little elf over here just tugging at your shirt. Exactly. They start off hard this first match week by facing Canada, Canada. right? Yeah. So let's just, if we're just predicting here, let's, let's consider that a loss. I'm going to consider it a loss. They lose that game. So they still have 16 points out of the first they game. They still have 16 points. USA loses, though. Exactly. Let's assume that. So they're still in Panama wins. Costa Rica then faces El Salvador. That has to be a win, and... Considering the stakes that at hand, it'll be a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica get that dub. If, you know, if they really yeah. take it to yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, USA could potentially tie Panama. Right. They, if they win, that'd be huge. But if they tie or lose, yeah. can't, Costa Rica's in. Exactly. That last game will essentially be a final. A final. A true yeah. final. Yeah. So, so which, USA, is, which, is, which is crazy. USA, these next three games, every game has already so much pressure. Yes. That I don't know if a team of this I know. Of this experience, it's scary, man. Is built to. to we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out if they if got if they got the chops to to handle something like this. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, it's it's kind of crazy because it is the perfect test. Go to the Azteca and see how you do. Yeah. If they win that game, then they're through. Like, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind. If they tie or lose that game, then their their might will be truly tested against Panama solely because of the nerves and what will be at stake. Pretty crazy that. Considering how poorly Costa Rica started this cycle, yeah. that if they just do what they're supposed to do, not even get a crazy result against Canada, if they just do what they're predicted to do, they will have an incredible opportunity to qualify automatically if if the U.S. end up in that position. Yeah. And even then, if Panama drop points, Costa Rica could actually take them. Yeah. And yeah. Panama could end in fourth, which is actually very, very possible. So even if the U.S., end up joining Mexico with Canada, mm-hmm. the Costa Rica could steal that it from be, Panama. Yeah, that would mean if you mean Panama yeah, drops points in the top three, then that means Panama drops points. Exactly. And that fourth place spot is up for grabs. Yes. Man. And especially considering that Panama will have to play the hardest team in the last group. It could be a, a point where Costa Rica just have to get some sort of result against the US, hoping that Canada just get the job done against Panama. Mm-hmm. We said we've said it at like the very beginning, CONCACAF's drama is unparalleled, man. Un Paralleled, we could see some crazy shit yeah. happen over Dude, these that, next three no, games. It's man. already a certainty that the last match, oh. week, the last, the last yeah. round is going to be chaotic. Yeah. Whether it's the U.S. involved, whether it's Costa Rica involved, maybe Panama. Mexico. That's the thing. Maybe if the U.S. win that first game, who who knows yeah, yeah, what happens? Yeah. Who knows at that point? Yeah. So we've talked about how Africa 
is potentially one of the hardest regions to qualify out of because of the multiple rounds you got to go through. But then the final round specifically in which you're paired up against another African team and you have to play two legged matches, one away and one home to ultimately decide if you qualify to the world cup, you could dominate your group stage win every game 10 nil and you still have to play a team just as good as you to still qualify. Yeah. You still end up being rewarded the same thing that a, a lower seated team would. It's, it's harsh. It's it, so brutal. But I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of funny because it is well documented, is as well spoken about that Africa is famously the harshest qualification path of the World Cup. And yet the CAF executives do nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, what? We're just going to keep it the same way. That's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. Mane doesn't go to the World Cup too bad. God damn. Yeah, change man. the, change now, the you, qualification. You, yeah, just, wouldn't you want make more sense. your best players representing, or your most famous player representing your, your, continent, your continent in the World Cup? Exactly. But this setup sets you up for a Mane Sala where one of them won't be able to go. Even crazier that... Uh, they've both been to two AFCON finals and over the last three iterations. And so they've had so much success at the international stage other than at the World Cup. And now only one of no matter how well they did, yeah. only one of them yeah. now can go through. Regardless, who you the got. matchup's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> On the positive side, it makes for some entertaining ass matchups because we've got the AFCON final happening back to back now. Two yes. teams that we know we know these teams like the back of our hands now. Dude, uh, now they're at home, and then they play away. Dude, What's going to happen? What you got? I just can't wait to see those scenes at Dakar and then at Cairo. It's going to be incredible. Ultimately, and I'm just going to say who I got going mm-hmm. through first. I think Senegal are going to pull this one out. I think they are the reigning Africa Cup of Nation champions. They're going to pull this through. Now, here's the thing. It's going to be incredibly tight, just like that final was. I mean, that shit went to the penalties. Overall, Senegal, we're the better team. Yeah. You could see it out on yeah. the pitch. But Egypt have an incredible knack for grinding. Mm-hmm. They almost welcome the idea of keeping a game nil-nil for 90 minutes and longer. They almost like it. They did it pretty much the entire tournament, which is a seven-game journey. Now they only have to do it for two games, albeit against probably the best team in Africa. But, I mean, we saw even though, even though Senegal is pound for pound a better team, they still really couldn't break them. Yeah. Egypt has an incredible back line. Regardless of how well Mane's doing, it's really hard to break. They're so organized. And I compare it to the team that made it in 2018, that Egyptian team. The team's more well-rounded. They just have better chemistry. They really do. And maybe it's just maybe their players are more in their prime. Maybe they're just more in form. Salah's obviously still one of the top players on the planet. So just having any sort of X factor is going to give this Egyptian team a hell of a good fighting chance. I still have Senegal going through, but man, this is going to be an insane two-legged affair because I would not be surprised if Egypt somehow get a tie and then win the last game 1-0 on some header or some shit. Yeah, no, they they, they could very well set themselves up for a situation like that. I got Senegal because I remember Senegal constantly being on the attack. Though they couldn't break them, I think throughout the course of 180 minutes, they'll have the opportunities. They had an early penalty in the AFCON final that if it goes in, it changes the scope of the game. Very true. I think Senegal will figure them out 
better and much easier this time around. I think Egypt had a little bit of magic going for them this last cup. They had just this essence to them, you know, going for that for that trophy with Salah. That grit might still be there, but I think Senegal comes in much more prepared and much more calculated this time out. And so I'm going Senegal, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going absolutely. Senegal, and, and it hurts for me personally ah. to, 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 to envision a saddened Mo Salah just depressed because a highlight of the World Cup qualifying campaign in 2018 was seeing Egypt qualify for the tournament off of a Mo Salah penalty yeah. that gave him the uh, entryway. It, it, it was beautiful to see. Yeah. And now I am predicting that that won't happen. <laughs> and ultimately, Salah didn't really play a part in that tournament. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he played some minutes, but he really didn't perform because of you know, mm -hmm. Ramos' incidents in the Champions League final. It just adds to that brutality of this process, man. Because at the end of the day, this is, Egyptian squad is good, man. They're really good. And I think they're going to get outdone, unfortunately. Yeah. The next matchup is Algeria versus Cameroon. Cameroon, who just came off from hosting the AFCON tournament and did an incredible job. Incredible job. Great jobs at host. And Algeria, on the other hand, getting surprisingly knocked out. Yeah, in the group stage. In the group stage. Yeah. Upset and uh, disappointing overall. Oh. Underwhelming in their Played performance. Horrible. A horrible performance by the other Cameroon. Dazzled. exciting. Dazzled. Dazzled. Was so fun to watch this this so time around. Fun. It's scary because you always talk about preparation. When it comes to preparation, it can be either be so good or so bad. Especially if something's right before a big game, you want to win the game. You want to win your prep games. Yeah. Right. But if you don't have the prep games, then you you don't you won't have the chance of have, being in the situation where Algeria is in, where they just had a horrible horrible Afcon, and that's gonna kind of stay with them. They know that they can play that bad now mm -hmm. rather than the other way around where Cameroon probably didn't know that they could play this well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bizarre. Now, here's one thing I don't like. Cameroon just fired their coach. Doni Conceição, the Portuguese, and what I'm going to call the craziest uh, international coaching change of this cycle. Apparently, the president of Cameroon ordered this to happen. Whoa, it got yeah, political? It got political. Politics got involved. The president ordered Conceição to get fired or released, you know. Yeah. yeah. So they paid him off basically to go. <laughs> and then he ordered them to hire Rigobert Song, a former Cameroonian international. Why? I have no yeah, idea. That, that's sketch, man. It's sketch. My only guess is he, 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 he saw the performance. They didn't go to the final. There was talks of Conceição disrespecting a couple of players. Chupo Moting was okay. uh, was very vocal against Conceição. Actually, Chupo plays for PSG, yeah. right? His resume is Bayern Munich, and he barely played in this tournament. Obviously, a, a player with that type of ego is not going to like mm -hmm. it. But at the same time, I mean, Carl the Toko, team went to the semis. The team dude. went to the semis, and Carl Toko Kambi's better than you, man. So it's like get get out of your pride and and just be happy that you're yeah. there. Uh, for me, a, it's not a Kim Ziyech type of situation. Exactly, like it's not. Yeah. No, no, it's not. There is a better player in your position, Chupo. It's not good. Like if you're Conte Sao, I guess you're Loki hoping this team doesn't make it at this point. This is gonna get personal. Yeah. But if you're Rigobert Song, man, like, what do you? Yeah, like, what do you do, man? <laughs> Because he literally the team has not coached. played so well in the tournament. I know. You're just going to coach them the same way? <laughs> the same way? You're just going to give them the same instruction? Exactly. It, 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 I don't know. The, it, this is definitely a matchup of mentalities yeah. going into oh, these. Exactly. Because of what Algeria experienced at the tournament, yep. that first game is going to be so crucial because that's what both teams are going to need to assess where they are at and yep. what they are capable of. I completely agree. It's a perfect way to put it. It's a battle of mentalities. Battle of mentalities. Ultimately, I think the positivity that Cameroon 
showed in this last tournament, just as far as chemistry, mm -hmm. overall offensive aggressiveness, mm -hmm. I think that's going to pull through in this matchup, which is crazy because I thought Algeria was a surefire slot to be in this next World Cup. No, no, six months ago, this would have been crazy to say. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. But, man, Cameron played so well. It's going to be the same players. Let's just hope they play with that same chemistry. If they do that, I, I obviously, I don't think they're going to run away with it, but I think they're the better team. I really okay. do. Oh, yeah. Even with Algeria, obviously the likes of Riyad Mahrez, Slimani, Buneja, Said from West Ham. Yep. They, they Individually, they're good, but Cameroon showed that as a team, they're pretty damn good. And I think they're going to pull through. I don't see Algeria disappointing back-to-back. -back. I don't. Not, not, to, not to the level that they disappointed the AFCON. I think they've got to find something within themselves. Yeah. The players are too good to show up and do what they did again. Right. And so I'm going to bank on that. I'm going to bank on maybe Morris having a moment of class yeah. and, and, and pulling this team through. Yeah. Whereas Cameroon, you know, going through a, a weird shady transition, but still a very viable team and a, and a scary one to face right now. Honestly, Algeria caught them at the worst time. That's what coming, I'm saying. Coming off it's a great tournament. It's just such bad timing for Algerian, but hey, props to Cameroon because you have a good chance now. Yeah. Ghana and Nigeria. Ghana, who... Very, very sad tournament at AFCON. <laughs> the Black Star just is in the middle uh, of a downfall period, honestly. Uh, and Nigeria, disappointing at the end of the day. We thought we had them as our favorites at one point. I thought about that again. And when you look at that game, it was a weird game when they lost to Tunisia. Tunisia score off of a 22-yard banger. And there was an early red card and a slightly controversial one at that. Nigeria, yes, ultimately underwhelmed, but I don't think it's as bad as saying, oh, they knocked, got knocked down the round of 16, leads it to be. So because of that, pound for pound, position for position, Nigeria is so much better than this Ghanaian team. Absolutely. So much better. I don't think that loss, the way that they crashed out, it's not like, they, it's not like it was Algeria, where Algeria literally oh, collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. It was about three games also. Yes. Yeah. Nigeria... In my opinion, got yes, they got undone by a decent Tunisian side, but it was a little unlucky too. Mm -hmm. I think Nigeria, with the quality that they have, Chukweze, Moses, Simon, and maybe they get the Napoli striker back. Maybe he's back healthy. They just have so much better quality in yeah. their side. Yeah. It, I, if Ghana wins this, I will truly be shocked. Truly. It'd be great if Ghana came out as one of the top five teams. Or yeah. One yeah. of the five teams to represent yes. Africa. That'd be insane given their track record recently. I think Nigeria, specifically with that game, I just feel like they never got settled into that match. Yeah, they, they, they weren't did. the same Nigeria that they were in the group stage. Right. And I just feel like they needed a little bit more time, but before they could get settled in, Tunisia scored the goal and it just threw them off and they just could never recover. Yeah. Now we have Nigeria, home and away games. Those Nigerian fans that were so that are so famously known for being so passionate yeah. and just involved, they're gonna be there in those stands supporting on their team. And I got Nigeria coming out, and I got a, I got a pretty I got this one as one of the more clear cut Same. like for me this one's easy. Yeah. Like I, I'm I, I will I will lose my shit if Ghana wins mm -hmm. this. Like just just based on merit and the football knowledge that I have, like it just won't make sense if Ghana win this. Just yeah. straight up, and I believe in magic. <laughs> as <laughs> yeah, far as the sports concerned, I believe in yeah, it, but, but not this like Ghana's this. Ghana is lifeless, man. It's lifeless, li lifeless. Dr. Congo, Congo faces off against Morocco. Morocco. Went out in the quarterfinals of the AFCON. DR Congo, out of all 10 teams that are in this last World Cup qualifying stage, they're the only team that did not participate in this last AFCON. They didn't qualify. But 
they got the job done against a last ditch effort against Benning and their World Cup group to make it to this stage. Ultimately, at this point, I have a vendetta against Morocco. I don't want to see to see them succeed. This is a very personal opinion. Let it out. It's been underwhelming performance after underwhelming performance after underwhelming performance. I don't want to see it again. Congo actually have a decent squad just in general. As we stated during our AFCON tapes, Africa has such a good contingent in Europe. Congo's no different. A lot of their players play in Europe, and I think they're catching Morocco at a weird time mm -hmm. just in general. And I think Congo has a good opportunity. I'm not saying they're the better team because they're probably not. But I do think it's going to be closer than it is on paper. And so much so that I actually think Congo can pull it off. I think they can. It's not going to be easy, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would love to see it. But, man, over two games, you see them pulling it off? I do. Especially with how Morocco was, even though they were underwhelmed, they were still able to get a result, get the results they needed at the end of games. They were to come through. Hakimi would show up and, and Hakimi propel the very team well. forward. Yeah, he was he was the only player that I thought consistently actually performed at a top level. Oh, yeah, level. He, was, he, was, uh, he, was he was great. Incredible. He was incredible. That turn of that Hakimi team. was incredible. Was I look at Morocco, and yes, they're probably going to be the weakest team to qualify if they do end if up beating Congo. If they do end up Congo, they'll be the weakest team. I think they'll be the weakest team, which sucks because... Morocco at one point was so exciting or was so was know, filled with so much life and hope. Man. So much but potential. now we're kind of seeing the tail end of that yeah. or just a side that's just kind of mid. They're just yeah. they're just not that great. Yeah, they didn't figure out how to transition into a, a truly high-level yeah. squad. Yeah, so they just, just stay stuck. Stagnant. They're yeah. stuck. I do believe, though, that they'll be able to find out a way to, to beat Congo because I don't think Congo will be that difficult of an opponent at the end of the day. I'm talking over 180 minutes, being organized, being offensive, getting your goals in, taking care of business. I can see Congo surprising, for sure. And I'm not going to say they're easy. But at the end of the day, I'm going Morocco. If Congo pulls this thing off, it's going to be incredible. I'd love it's going to be incredible. Man. Especially to hear about Congo reaching their first ever World Cup. That'd be insane. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I'm not even just saying this because I hate Morocco. So, for example, if Ghana got uh, pitted against Morocco, Morocco would win. 100%. Right, right. I do think Congo well, have, have a better chance. That's I have faith in Congo more so than I do, let's say, Ghana against Nigeria. Yeah. And considering how weirdly Morocco played against mid-tier African teams in this last mm -hmm. tournament, Congo can find themselves in a good position. But like you said, obviously, Morocco still have statistically the higher chance of going through. So outside of the Egypt-Senegal match, this is the matchup I am most excited for. Mali facing off against Tunisia. Because Mali has never qualified for a World Cup, and Tunisia can be exposed. They just fired their head coach. New head to head coach comes in. Yes. Halil Kadri. Yeah. Coming in, which is weird because they upset a good Nigerian team. Yeah. And then, and, and then terribly said, you know nice what? Round, nah, yeah. we, sh we should have done better. <laughs> 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 and Mali had a great AFCON. Oh. We were high on them. We loved how they played. They played great. They quits. earned our love and respect. Yeah. And I just like the idea of, of all those Mali people coming out to these games, being able to, to show up for their team at home. Yes. And Mali facing not a tough team, honestly, in terms of who they could have drawn. Exactly. I see this Mali team fulfilling their destiny here. Yes, Tunisia, as far as names go, they're a North African giant alongside the likes of Morocco, Algeria, and Egypt. But out of those teams, they are the weakest. Um, but not, not just you know by word, but on paper, on pitch, they are the weakest team. And this Mali team... First off, play them in the group stage in this last AFCON and beat them. Yeah. But regardless of that result, 
Molly had played with such an energy and a passion for the game that you can't not respect this Malian team. They press hard. They press high. They have decent, decent quality. A couple of their midfielders playing in Germany. Kone's on fire right now playing in France, scoring goals for the national team. This Malian team, I think, will fulfill what they came out here to do, and that's to qualify for their first ever World Cup. I'm excited to see it. It just sucks, though, because Tunisia is not going to let them have it. They still have good players. It is weird. Yes, they, their coach hasn't coached them before. They just, like you said, they just fired their coach after the AFCON. But these players are still good. Mm -hmm. They made it to this last World Cup. They could easily do it again against a Malian side who just hasn't been there before. Mm -hmm. That'll be the only exposure that Mali sees is if they just get undone by a more experienced side. Yeah, and I remember my biggest takeaway from the Tunisia-Nigeria match was being surprised at how like cold Tunisia was once they got the lead. They didn't give an inch to Nigeria. Yeah. Not even a, a little uh, an opportunity for them to give them, to get hope. Yeah. They just scored the goal, and after that, they were so confident in that they could grind out the result, and that scares me, man. It's a little, it's a little. I'm a little fearful because of how unemotional they were about just getting a result. Yeah, and they tactical, got it. so so tactical, and, and that just sound that does sound in a way like what would be the kryptonite to this exciting, I, I, energetic yes. Mali team that's I know. looking for their first World Cup. I know. They would draw a team that's <laughs> like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I still truly do believe in this Malian side, not just on faith or on uh, just passion, but truly out on the pitch, I do think they're the better team. I really do. I think it's tight, but I think Mali will win this tie. But again, just like so many of these other African ties, it's going to be tight. No. And I won't be surprised if Tunisia win this. Yeah. No. I just won't. No. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited because of the format that Africa has implemented. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm really, really excited yeah. for five just stunning matches oh, of, of entertainment and, and absolute. And These matches are going to be incredible, and I can't wait to see what happens. We find ourselves now in South America. Good to be back. Good to be back. Always love to be down here. Two rounds left. I want to start with Colombia. Seven matches without a single goal scored, yet they it's have bizarre. the easiest schedule remaining. Right. They face Bolivia, and then they face Venezuela. Last place Venezuela. Last place Venezuela. And Bolivia, who mathematically are it, but realistically yeah. are actually out. And are coming off a really bad international <laughs> break. Yeah. Let's say they take care of business versus both these teams. They find a way to get a goal. They find a way to grind out that result simply yeah. off of being better teams. Right. Could happen. They do that. They get six points. Yeah. And I believe they are positioned with 22 points. Which is crazy because it still might not be enough. They're still going to have to rely on a few other matches yes. to go their way. Yes, absolutely. Even regardless, even if they do pull off both results. Yeah. Chile. They have it really, really hard. Yeah, they play Brazil first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to chalk off as an immediate loss. Yeah. There's just no mm -hmm. way Chile are going to go to Brazil and get the result. But what's crazy is that Chile, even with that loss, will still have a chance if things go their way. Right. Again, we're yeah. going to say that a lot yeah. in, in this uh, qualifiers because if certain matches go their way, no matter what, certain teams will still we'll be in it yeah. going into the last yeah. match day. Yeah. Now the headliner going into this this next this upcoming cycle, Uruguay versus Peru in Uruguay. In Uruguay, and they both need this victory. Yeah. They both need it for security or for some level of comfort. Absolutely. So whoever loses out will be on the ropes immediately and this yes. is where the other games come into play. Exactly. I think it's going to be almost impossible to to predict, truly. 
This is one of those where this is why gambling exists. You know, you think (laughs) you think a team can win it. You put a lot of money on it and just the exact opposite happens. Or you, you, you get it right and you win. Yeah. You, it, this is so, so hard to tell what's going to happen. Uruguay, I'm going to say, have the slight advantage just being at home. I think so. We know how important home matches are in South America, qualifying in general. Obviously, new coach Diego Alonso has come in. They had a good cycle in this last mm-hmm. international break. Mm-hmm. If they can build off of that with that momentum, knowing they win this game against Peru, they'll be in a good spot. They'll be in a really good spot. So just knowing that might propel them to beat Peru. Yeah, I think Uruguay is the favorite going in because of what I've seen from Peru, especially this last break, where I haven't seen Peru go away and take it to a team. Yeah, They've been able to get the results, and they've been very good at that. You look at the Colombia versus Peru matchup. That was huge. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, huge at the time. They essentially sat back the whole game. Oh, yeah. But they were calculated about how they approached their counterattacks and ultimately being very clinical and getting a point out. But there was an element of they allowed Colombia to have possession. A little lucky. They relied on Colombia not being able to to break their scoring deadlock. Exactly. And Colombia delivered in that sense. I don't know if Uruguay is the same type of team that you can approach that way. And I don't know if Peru has the tools to go away and be more aggressive in that sense and leave yourself exposed at back. But Peru, once again, has always shown that they somehow find it in them to get yeah. a result when Believe they Believe in it. the impossible when yeah. it comes to Peru. They're very big about that. I would put my money on Uruguay first. I think so. But not going to be surprised if, if Peru manages a tie or if they even get a, 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 a stunning 1-0 win. What's interesting is that regardless of what happens in that game, it still sets up Chile and Colombia for a chance to go through. Say Uruguay win this game, they're pretty much through. Peru will still have a chance as they play Paraguay yeah. in their last game, yeah. a team who's already eliminated. Uh, and mind you, in Peru, that'll be a final for Peru. They win that game, they are at least guaranteed that playoff spot, yeah. at the very least. So even if Peru lose that game against Uruguay, they're still in a good position to maintain that playoff spot. Now, if anything else happens other than a win, though, against Paraguay, it's completely open yeah. for either Colombia to take it or if Chile win against Uruguay, Uruguay. in Santiago... Mm-hmm then they can overcome it too. Yeah. Which is insane. It's insane that literally there's three, four teams that could actually realistically take them. Yeah. And it's just, it's scary. Yeah. It's you really, got to yeah, win yeah, these yeah. games. It's terrifying. Yeah. But the pressure is so insurmountable right now, man. You can just feel it at these games. Yeah. I, I ultimately don't see Colombia and Chile qualifying. I mm. don't. I think because of how Colombia has has shown that they can play at the level that they can play at this whole this whole cycle. It's been bad. It's been, been so bad, bad dude. It's been so it's been, bad. This isn't a World Cup team, in my opinion. No, no, They don't no. deserve it. They really don't. And I just don't see them, now that the stakes are even higher than they were at the beginning of this of this whole journey, I just don't see Pulling it. I don't through. see them pulling it out. Chile, on the other hand, also has been underwhelming. This is the prototypical end of a golden generation type of squad. Yeah. Where it's just... Where they're, they're still up there. They're still mm-hmm. technically in it somewhat chance to actually qualify yeah. which means they're good but eh, they're yeah. really not yeah no it's very similar to like costa rica for example I was just like the same type that. of vibe they're literally like, the same they're good vibe. enough to be in the mix yeah but ultimately i just don't want to see them in a tournament because yeah. I, I i think i know the the limitations of this chilean team yeah versus like a peru or uruguay team that which to me seems to be capable of a little bit more yeah what's interesting though is that you know, given the chance, especially since it is viable, since this South American qualifying has been 
so volatile and inconsistent when it comes to teams getting results. If Peru beat Uruguay in Montevideo, which could happen, maybe they'd pull off another crazy 1-0 yeah. steal. Yeah. Chile will have it in their own destiny to go through if it'll be a final. Oh, true. It, true. At that point, it'll be final. Even if Colombia win their games, Chile will still have that edge, even if they lose against Brazil. Because if Peru win, Peru's basically through. It'll leave it wide open for fifth place, and Chile will have that chance to take it against Uruguay, Uruguay who will be fighting for it too. Yeah. And at that point, if you're Chilean, step one is not lose too badly against Brazil. Lose one, maybe two nil, keep your goal difference low. Pray Peru don't do well, and then face Uruguay in a final. Yeah. There's, there's a small chance that yeah. somehow Chile, Chile still actually pull this off, yeah. which is crazy. And the only reason why I'm giving it to them is because their last game is in Santiago. Mm -hmm. If that last game was on the road, no chance, even if it was against Venezuela. Playing at home, knowing the stakes, if it's there to take, I think Uruguay will struggle on the road. Absolutely. Okay. So Uruguay, I got to win this, well, win this yeah. game against Peru. Yeah. They, if they do that, they don't have to worry about Chile. But if, if something goes wrong for Uruguay, then that game against Chile is going to be insane. And I, think, I think there's a viable chance that Chile could maybe tie Brazil. Maybe. 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 Especially Ecuador since Brazil doesn't really have to try anymore. Avoiding injury, too. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to go in for those last tackles, so Chile just gets more of the 50-50s. Yeah, There's definitely that element, absolutely. And, you know, Chile, if they come out hungry, they come out aggressive, There's, there is that chance. But, yeah, it's shaping up to be a, a potential final between Uruguay and Chile. A lot of this just depends on the results that happen across the table yeah. and just seeing how everything plays out. Just to give a holistic point of view here, I think Uruguay will qualify automatically and Peru will maintain that playoff position. Yeah. It's what I want to see too. Because mm. just like you said, Chile and Colombia are not World Cup teams. They're not. Even though Peru have, uh, you know, haven't dazzled or sparkled as much as they did in 2018, I still think they have more magic and more flair than Colombia and Chile. Agreed. I'd yeah. rather see that in the World Cup. Yeah than either Chile or Colombia. Yeah. So personally, I want that to happen. And realistically, I think it actually can and will happen. A three-bracket setup is what Europe has conjured up this time around. Yeah, doing it different, which is yeah. weird. Because, I mean, the way that it was before was honestly perfectly fine. Yeah. It was just the runners-up playing against each other and a two-legged affair, and then winner yeah. went to the World Cup. was completely fine with that. Now it gets weird because now the runners-up have to beat one team and then beat another different team, and then they ultimately yeah. qualify. Yeah, and it's also, they've like involved Nations League standings into right. this as right. well. So the two best Nation League standings who didn't already qualify get a chance. We got three brackets. The first bracket is Scotland versus Ukraine and yeah. Wales versus Aust Austria. Scotland and Ukraine got postponed, obviously, for what's yes. going on. So yes. that's not going to happen until, I think, in June. June. Wales versus Austria is a matchup that we're getting. Yeah. Wales right now, they're ranked number 20. On FIFA World Rankings. I was yeah. surprised by that. Meanwhile, Austria finished fourth in their group. Yes. But got through because of the Nations League qualifying. Exactly. You're Wales, you're really happy you got you got this, yeah, this pick. So. First off, I'm so impressed by how consistent Wales has been since 2016, 2015. After that incredible run in the Euros in 2016, I thought, I was like, oh, this is Wales' peak. And yet here they are on the brink of qualifying for their first ever World Cup. Six years later, and it's beautiful because this team's actually pretty good. They really are. Obviously, a lot of their players Premier League base. It makes sense considering yeah. how good the Premier League has become over the last five years. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that the, that league has grown 
is testament to how good this Welsh team is. Gareth Bale could fulfill something that I never thought he would do, which is take this small-ass country to a World Absolutely. Cup. Absolutely. The bracket they've been assigned to, their chances have never looked better, man. Yeah. They, they'll face the winner of Scotland-Ukraine, and that's way better than having to face a, Port a Portugal or, a, Italy. or Italy or even a Sweden by yeah, that no, point. Exactly. You know? When you look at path A versus path B and C, this is like the Europa League. This is like the Europa uh, yeah, League of national yeah. teams, whereas Path B and C definitely have Champions League caliber <laughs> national teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is completely open. But the thing is, that's also helpful for a team like Scotland. Scotland and Ukraine had good campaigns. Yep. They had really solid campaigns. Both of them have only ever been in one World Cup. So they have an incredible opportunity to take it to what'll probably be Wales. I'm not going to count Austria yeah, completely know, they, out. They didn't have that bad of a Euros to either Austria. Austria actually they lost played, out to Italy. Yeah, Austria actually played pretty well in that Euros, which is why I was surprised that they finished fourth in their group. Mm. So over one game, Austria is going to have a decent chance. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I think is going to be whoever gets that last home match, which I think, I think it would be Wales if they win it. So... That's such that's such an advantage in my opinion, especially since it's not like over two legs or anything. I think ultimately, 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 I think Wales are gonna pull this off. But honestly, I would not mind if Scotland or Ukraine. I was gonna say do it. I got Scotland doing this. Dude, be dope I got Scotland doing this. Yeah, man. the Scotland's got their best generation right now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Scotland's Andy actually Robinson, playing good high level football. They can all they and like I've been following them on a lot of Scottish players on Instagram. Yeah, they're fired up, man. Dude, I bet, like I've, been, I've watched their posts after every uh, European qualifier this past year, and the guys are really like motivated about being that squad that takes them to World Cup after not being there for who knows how many years. Yeah, I think the last one was either in 94 or 98. Yeah. So literally yeah. this generation of players were like being born the yeah. last time yeah. that Scotland was in a World Cup. I see a Scotland versus Wales final. Which would be dope. Just, just be awesome, having a, Have two That's British cool teams face each other. Yeah, man. that'd be awesome. Ugh. I got Scotland going through, man. Yeah. I got Scotland. So yeah. I'm putting that in the record. Let's go. The next bracket consists of Russia... Facing off against Poland, but that game being, you yeah. know, barred just because of terminated politics. Yeah. because terminated. Of yeah. yeah. And so Poland advances. Yeah. Russia is eliminated. Sweden faces off against Czech Republic. Yes. And Czech Republic being another team, I think, that qualified through nations. I think so. Correct? I yeah. think so. Yes. yes. Sweden got second place in theirs. Sweden having an incredible 2018 World Cup, <sighs> yeah. defeating my boys in green. Yes. Barely losing out to England in the quarterfinals. Yeah. They find themselves now in another opportunity to make it back. With, I guess, a more older squad. Some of the players being more mature now and more experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And Czech Republic with a golden opportunity as well. Yeah, They're just going to play their fucking hearts out. They have the opportunity. They had an interesting Euros where they didn't play badly. They didn't play great. I just don't see Sweden losing that yeah, game. I don't. I just I don't. don't. I think ever since 2018 and the whole run I saw Sweden put put in, I just I have trouble doubting Sweden nowadays. Oh, dude, they're, they're, they're so they're solid. very good. And the, their group was was tough. I think they were in the same group as uh, I think Spain. Uh, Spain. Yeah. yeah. So and this Spanish team is low key going to be a very good team. Being a good, they're going to be a good force. Yeah. So for Sweden to get second, I'm proud of them, man. Yeah. And now they get to face off Czech Republic. I think they win that game, and then they face off against Poland. Yeah. In Poland, Poland's coach just left a month ago, <laughs> <laughs> or like two months ago, right before these major qualifying, literally finals. Mm -hmm. He he asked to be let go. And join Flamengo. 
Oh, what? Yeah, he's coaching Flamengo now. What? Yeah. <laughs> Zero loyalty. He Dude, said he switched he, it up. Yeah, he said, fuck international soccer. I'm going back to club. I'll see y'all later. And so now they just hired uh literally like the best team in Poland, the clubs, the club coach. Mm. They're like, hey man, we, we need you. Like just co- co- come co- co- come yeah. coach our team. Domestic Polish coach gonna be leading this team to God knows what, but ultimately against a very good Swedish side. I have a personal vendetta against Poland too. They're like the Morocco of Europe for me, man. It's been so underwhelming in 2016, 2018 and this last Euros, I'm done with Poland. Yeah, yeah, I've been done, done with them, man. And it's so frustrating because they have a true stud like in Robert Lewandowski, and they literally cannot amass even remote success in any of these tournaments that they participate in. Imagine if Lewandowski was Welsh. Imagine what his squad would be able to do for him. These Polish players cannot do that for him unfortunately and it sucks because they have good players yep they just do not show up they have zero chemistry together and ultimately playing against a team who's the definition of chemistry in sweden <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think sweden's gonna win yeah, gonna win it out too. and we'll see sweden at 2022 fucking egypt found a way to make the most with mo salah e- exactly why can't poland saying, yeah. with a better talent pool yes. do, do better exactly. or do the same at the very least that's what I'm, yeah exactly bro so it's, it's so frustrating to see but it's it, it, it's even more frustrating knowing like imagine if you're polish and you're like you're watching each player play at their club and you're like oh he's playing really well oh he's playing really well oh this guy's doing really well i mean at one point they had Lewandowski with bayern kuba blaszczykowski who won a champions league with borussia dortmund or so we went to the final with borussia dortmund gregor kukowiak who played in the premier league Mm -hmm. marcel ribas who's been playing really well in russia really dynamic fullback you have all of these players and it amounts to nothing Literally nothing. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. So yeah, I'm done with this Polish team, and I, I'm Sweden all the Sweden, way. Yeah, Sweden goes through for me. Sweden, welcome to the World Cup. And lastly, the most exciting, probably the more star-studded bracket in this region mm. is the one that consists of Portugal facing off against Turkey, and then Italy facing off against North Macedonia. Yeah. Portugal, I think, is destined to win this game against Turkey. We can look into it. We can dissect it. I think Portugal is more so focused on the fact that they're probably going to have to face off against Italy in this next round. Yeah, they're probably already thinking about that game, especially considering how horrible Turkey was in the Euros. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were, for me, literally the worst team there. Uh, I just don't see this Turkish side pitting up against one of the most talented Portuguese squads of all time. I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, I got Portugal Beating Turkey, going to that yep. path final. No, yeah, we're even going to look into that. I think yeah. Portugal goes through. And Italy, on the other hand, faces off a much more exciting opponent. Because North Macedonia had a wonderful Euros, I man. loved it, man. Yeah. They, every game they played in was so entertaining. They played their fucking hearts out. Yep. And honestly, they played entertaining offense. Yeah. They could play good football. Yeah. They, like, really good, like, one-two touch type of plays. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. passing was surprisingly good. Like, their chemistry was, like... I was surprised. I was like, damn, y'all been playing together for a while or what, <laughs> yeah, bro? Yeah. They were really good like as a cohesive yeah. unit. Goran Pandev, Elmas. Yeah. You got these yeah. Italian-based players, yeah. man. It's fun. It's going to be really, really fun. But unfortunately, they're playing against the current European champions in yeah. Italy, man. Yeah. If Macedonia played against anybody else, If they got dude, Turkey, man. Yeah, come on. They did so well in the qualifiers as well. They were in the group with Germany. Yes. And they got second place. Yeah. That's that's so admirable, man. This is a small country to, to be able to do that. It's yeah. I'm proud of them. But so proud. It just sucks that 
it looks like it's not going to amount to a World Cup qualifying spot. Right. And I actually do believe if they were to go to the World Cup, they could surprise, man. We said it before when we were talking about, like, I think Club World Cup expansion or just World Cup expansion in general. Yeah. When we were talking about AFCON and how how so many mid-tier African teams are actually surprised in a tournament setting. Mm -hmm. North Macedonia is built to surprise in a tournament setting. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. This team, if they were to go to the World Cup, would be so fun to root for, not just because of their story and that, oh, a small country in their first ever World Cup, but they'd actually entertain a no, lot of they people. They actually have the, the guts to put up a good game. They got matched up with Italy. I think Italy wins this game. Italy, mm -hmm. they're probably in their best phase since 2006 when they won the World Cup. This is probably their best team. Yeah, they're so good. And they're incredible, man. Yeah. They're incredible. I see them being North Macedonia, and then they're pitted up against Portugal. It just sucks that one of these teams won't be able to go through. It sucks, It man. sucks. This is too good of quality to be left out of the tournament, man. It's yeah. too good that it should be like concerning to like the FIFA board or executives. Yeah. They should see this matchup and be like, there's a problem here. Yeah. Well, these two teams should not be facing off against yeah. each other at this point with one of them going home. Literally the reason why there'll be a 48-team World Cup come next World Cup in 2026. Because after this, this won't happen anymore. No. Across the globe, this will not happen anymore. We can talk about that later, but right now we're here and we have Italy, Portugal. Yeah. Just considering how consistent, how dominant, and how well-rounded they've been, I just don't see Italy losing this Me game. Either, man. Even though Portugal will have the likes of an older but still effective Ronaldo just scored a hat-trick this yeah. past weekend. Youth in Joao Felix. Masterclass midfield in Bruno Fernandes. Renato Sanchez. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva. Silva. Joe Cancelo. Yeah. You're, there's so Ruben much. Diaz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much quality. But Jesus Christ. In a weird way, kind of how that 06 team was just so unified and just literally well-rounded in every single position. This team is very similar in that regard, in the mm -hmm. sense that in every position, there really isn't a weakness. It'll just be down to, is the opponent they face better than them? And 95% of the time, the answer is no. It's going to be an incredible game. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be an incredible this is, game. This game's happening. This could be like a quarterfinal matchup in the World Cup. Yes. Instead, we're getting it nine months ahead of time. <laughs> the world. This is literally a World Cup matchup. This is like, a World this Cup is, matchup, man. This is the six are insane. The thought of the European champion not being at the World Cup, I'm just like my brain won't accept it. My yeah, brain like, like, it, it, that isn't. That, you, that, you do the math and that can't. Happen. That can't happen. There's it just no. Happen. There's no world in which you win the European trophy and you don't. Go and you don't go to the World Cup. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Statement. I got Italy winning, man. Although Portugal has the incredible immense amount of talent, I think Italy is a better team, man. I do. They're, I do. Su they're such a good team. Defensively, they are fucking, they're a wall defensively. Yeah. They have an incredible midfield that's that's so reliable and then a, an exciting offense with Kies up front. Really dynamic team. Yeah. Like, again, yeah. you you consider how stout they are at the back. You, you'd think it wouldn't pair up with a fluid offense, but one, when they get rolling... This Italian they, team yeah. is almost unstoppable. Dude, they got like, they, they have too many options because yeah. they have bombing fullbacks, a fluid offense, and, a, and again, X Factor in Chiesa. Yeah, and they have like a they got they got a swagger to them too. Yeah, their coach 
Shows up with G-Shocks. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Italian suits. Yeah, yeah, They've yeah. got a swagger to Absolutely, them. And they're coming man. off the biggest trophy in international, yeah. you know, that isn't Bar the, the World, World Cup. Cup. This team's winning it, man. I think Italy's so. winning it. Yeah. And we're going to see Ronaldo go home. Bro. And and I was about to say, we will not see Ronaldo ever play at a high-level World Cup ever again. We have 47 teams that are left to qualify for this World Cup. That's it. We have reached the final stage. Finally, man, after a three-year-long trek, it's time to just sit back and watch these games Dude. and just let the chaos unfold. March Man. Madness, baby. Yeah, it's going to get... <laughs> <laughs> so many of these players just across the globe, this will be their biggest game of their career. Yeah. And just in general. Yeah. You can say, oh, well, they play in Europe, all that bullshit. No, you talk to these players. Like you were saying about Scotland and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Not International soccer is different. Yeah. And... It's going to be so chaotic. It's going to be incredible to yeah. watch. I cannot wait. And once we have the final 32 teams qualified, look forward to us probably in a few months from now, um, leading up to the World Cup, releasing team by team, team by previews team. of each squad heading into the World Cup. I'm talking one to two hour previews on each single individual team. We'll probably go alphabetically. Yeah. Deep dives. Deep into dives. Everything there is to know about this upcoming World Cup and the excitement that awaits us in Qatar.